want to ask you to go ahead and take a seat if you haven't already, and uh, we will get started. First of all, I want to welcome you to West Irwin Church this morning. We're glad you're here. We're glad you made the decision to uh, choose to be a part of our worship today. We hope and pray it's encouraging that you are lifted up and that you are challenged in the week ahead. We always want to begin with just a couple of reminders uh, about what's going on and how we can be praying for one another in our church family. Uh, Last week you heard Ken Culpepper, one of our shepherds, come up here and talk about how uh, our church, along with a couple of other churches, was able to uh, secure the finances for a new van for a children's home that we have long supported down in Mexico. Uh, Ken mentioned a little bit of the struggles that they'd had in purchasing a van in the United States for a nonprofit organization in Mexico and They were able to navigate all of that, but they also realized that even if you have all the correct paperwork, that doesn't mean much when you get to the border. And unfortunately, right now, Ken and Kathy are stuck at the border. Uh, There has been some issues with the director of the children's home getting over to stateside and then taking the van into Mexico, and so they still don't have the answer for how that is going to go. And so we would just ask you to join us in prayer that that could be resolved soon and that they would be able to to get that done to, for the blessing that it's going to be. Uh, also something we want to we want to make you aware of that uh, wasn't on the prayer concerns for the app. Many of you know Chris Reynolds, a member here, and Chris was diagnosed earlier this week with COVID, and he is uh, still recovering from that, and so he's not here with us today. Normally you'd probably see him back in the sound booth, and so we just want to add him to that prayer list and continue to pray for him. Also you'll notice that over here in this general vicinity where we usually have a a group of junior high and high school students, a bulk of them have been at the Winterfest Youth Conference this weekend. Uh, I know they've been encouraged and blessed. I took groups to that for 15 years, and it was always one of the highlights of my year. And so I know they've had a, a great trip, and they're actually probably about to be leaving Arlington as we speak, and we'll be home uh, after church, and Tuck will be communicating with parents. But we just want to ask you to continue to remember them, and not just that it was a good weekend, but that something transformative happen in their lives and it continues to to push them just as we share about it for us we also want to let you know that uh, riley martinez is home uh we've been praying for a long time for that and so uh just that there would be continued healing there as well and then two more things uh tucker typically just does a better job about this than i do so because he always starts with it and i'm doing it at the end so epic fail on my part but right in front of you on the seat back in front of you there is a white card it's twofold reason though this week for the first time in a couple of months. Number one, it's a, on one side it says visitors, on one side it says uh, for members. Well, we're asking you to fill that out not just for a record of our attendance, they'll, your attendance. There'll be boys that come by and pick those cards up, but also because this week uh, we have our family table meal, and it is breakfast for dinner on Wednesday night. And I can assure you, if you were on the fence about whether you were going to want to have breakfast for dinner on Wednesday night, you do. So. Come eat bacon and eggs and sausage and syrup and all the things with us uh, on Wednesday night. So what we need you to do is either in the app you can uh, mark your attendance for that or put it on the card. And that way um, those who are preparing that meal will know how many to prepare for. Lastly, I just wanted to share something that uh, after talking with a couple of people after church and talking with my own class this morning. Just a reality of life. Sometimes life seems to be going by fairly easy fairly roadblock free, and other times it gets heavy. 
And after hearing the prayer concerns in my class this morning, after talking with members of another class this morning, it's easy to tell that our, our church family is in a heavy season right now. Uh, and I know that we are not any different than any other people in this world, but we know each other's burdens. I hope and pray that we do. And just like any valley, there is another side of it. But right now, I think for a lot of people, it's easy to get, be burdened by the difficult moment that they find themselves in. And if that speaks to you this morning, I hope that this next thing also speaks to you. We're praying for you. We don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. I don't just make that statement and then walk away and forget. I pray every day, and I know so many people in this building do as well. I pray multiple times throughout the day. I have alarms set on my phone. You're not walking through this alone, and there will be another side, whether it be on this side of eternity or not. God will heal and restore all things. So we stand present with you. We stand in that gap with you, and we hope and pray that you will feel God's presence in your life, God's calming and loving hand upon you. So if you would, join me in prayer as we begin our time this morning. Heavenly Father God, we are grateful that you have adopted us as sons and daughters, that you have brought us into a full inheritance of what might not have been ours so many centuries ago. We are grateful for your love for us that we lack understanding for. It's easier for us to understand a lack of love oftentimes when people hurt us, when people go against what our desires would be. And it makes your love for us that much more incredible. That you love us in spite of our brokenness and you so desire to have a restored relationship with us where you can make us whole, where you can relieve us from the burden of the sin problem that we all struggle with. God, I know that at this period of time, Life, can be diff- life is difficult for some people. It's not as difficult for others, but God, if we are going through this life together as a, a group of believers, then we bear that burden as well. So, Lord, we pray for those who are hurting. We pray for those who are struggling to find answers. We pray for those who have been in a difficult place for a very long time and see no way out. God, we often pray for your hand to be on them, and we continue to pray for that. But Lord, I pray for each of us that we would, with a physical presence, whether it be a shoulder to lean on, a hug at just the right time that we didn't know was needed, God, help us to be present in the lives of people we call our brothers and sisters, that you have bonded together through the blood of Jesus Christ. Help us just be there for each other physically to help in in any way that we can, to reach out when we don't know how we can, and to be your hands and feet here on this earth. It's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Good morning. Please stand with me as we sing our opening song. You just have to stand for this one. So. Mm-hmm. There is beyond the azure blue a God. 
concealed from human sight. He tipped his skies with heavenly hue and framed the worlds with his great might. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live, we survive. And just our God created man, he is our God, the great I am, the great I am. There was a long, long time ago.
Good morning. I want to welcome everybody here, our members, our visitors, and those who are joining us online. Eric, I want to thank you for your words this morning. He's right. Uh, we pray for each other. We pray for all of y'all. And, you know, God does heal and he does restore. And sometimes I firmly believe if you say a prayer, you're going to get an answer. Sometimes it's so obvious you can't help but miss it. But sometimes it's so subtle that if you're not careful, you will miss it. There's a couple of people that uh, are not on our prayer list that I want to just mention. Um, Nina Crow, you might have known, fell at her home on Thursday in a lot of pain, uh, so we want to pray for her. Uh, Brenda Fleet, who's the wife of Gary Fleet, who's one of the elders at Shiloh, actually suffered a heart attack Friday evening, but she's in the hospital, she's recovering, and hopes to go home in a, in a day or so. Um, I got a message from Camille Mink before services. Lee's mother, Faye, is coming home, but his father, Sam, is in the hospital and not doing well. So we want to remember them. You know, our Sunday school lessons uh, are coming from the book Stand Up, Stand Strong by Sarah Barrett. And today's message is focused on a worldview. And you know, there's a worldly worldview, and there's a biblical worldview. And they're often at odds with each other. When I was a kid, I remember we'd go see my uh, dad's parents, my grandparents in Little Rock, Arkansas. Granny and Pop had one television. And we watched whatever Granny wanted to watch. So I distinctly remember Gunsmoke, Bonanza, and Lawrence Welk. Now, why do I mention that? Because I'm telling you, in those days, the worldly worldview and the biblical worldview were much more aligned with each other than they are today. And we all know that, and we see that. And there's a lot of stuff going on in this world that it just will make you scratch your head. So why is it important to have a biblical worldview? Well, in my opinion, it removes fear and dread and doubt, which is what Satan causes, uses to separate us from God. And that's what Satan wants. But we fight back against Satan by meeting in this place, singing hymns, lifting prayers, like Eric mentioned. Because when we meet together, we know this, God's present. And when he's present, there is power in this room. So let's go to our Lord and Father in prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to come and worship you together in this place, to commune with you and each other, for the freedom to worship you and to learn about your word. And Father, we pray for those who are here today, those who have joined us online. Father, we pray for those who are traveling, especially the youth group from Winterfest, those who are not else able to be here. And Father, we pray for this church, for the staff, for the elders, the deacons, the teachers, and the volunteers, and for the growth of this church, and for it to be a positive, strong presence in the heart of our city. And Father, we pray for Chris Reynolds and Brenda Fleet, Riley Martinez, Avery Albritton, Camille Mink, Faye Mink, Sam Mink, Nina Crow, Billy Terrell, Karen Glass, Phyllis Davis, Jack Paul, and we pray for Ken and Kathy Culpepper in the situation down at the border and help them get that resolved. And Father, we pray for Eli Hodges and his parents and his grandparents. And Father, they've had, they've had quite a challenge in front of them, and Eli represents really those who are most vulnerable, especially the children. And we pray 
that you will send your Holy Spirit to those who need your comfort and protection. And Father, we pray that we will always be mindful to turn to you, to trust you, to believe in you, to turn our burdens over to you and to have the confidence that you will take care of us. And Father, we pray for our elected leaders. And we pray for those who would use strife to divide us and for the unrest in the world. And Father, we pray that you come back quickly, but we know that you love all of us and that you don't want to see anyone lost. Father, help us to cultivate a biblical worldview, to be strong and steadfast in the battle between good and evil, to be mindful of those words in John 14 that say, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Father, we've all sinned and we know that and we all fall short, but we are here to help and encourage each other. And as we close, let us always be mindful that you always love us, that you will never forsake us, and that you'll always do what's best for us. In your son's name, amen. The Bible is full of scriptures stating God's love for us. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. 1 John 4. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his love endures forever. Psalm. 136. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Psalm 86. The very first time in the Bible that God says the word love is in reference to a sacrifice. 
not a typical animal sacrifice, but the brutal instruction to Abraham that he sacrifice his own son. In Genesis 22, verse 2, God says to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there. What a foreshadowing to the sacrifice of Jesus, God's own son, whom he loved. For God so loved the world, he gave his own, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. We come together each week to commemorate a love story. A beautiful love story woven through the Bible. The story doesn't end in the sacrifice of God's son on the cross. That was the climax of the love story. The end? Well, we never get to that. Let me read John 3.16 to you again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life never ends because of God's love and Jesus' sacrifice. We get to live in a never-ending love story. So will you join me in prayer as we take communion? Most gracious Heavenly Father, just thankful, so thankful for this opportunity, this opportunity to take the bread, the bread that symbolizes our Savior, symbolizes his body. Just bless us all today, dear God, and bless this communion, bless this bread. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Will you pray with me, please? Again, dear God, we're just so thankful for this moment. Thankful for this cup as we drink the symbol of our Lord and Jesus' blood. That blood that he shed for us to give us all eternal life. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. this time our church sets aside the opportunity to give back, to give back monetarily the things that our God has given to us. I was looking on our bulletin and it says ways to give. Put your contribution in the plate after communion or in the box provided in the foyer when we assemble on Sunday mornings. And then it gives all these other things. But the thing I really enjoy now as we've gotten back to normal is that we pass the plate around. Ever since, I was a little fellow. This has been a special, special time for me. And my parents taught me how special it is to give back money to our God. So please take this opportunity. Would you pray with me? Again, dear God, we're just so thankful for this day, this day that you give us. We're thankful for this opportunity to give back to you, the one that has given us so much. Just bless us all today, dear God. Bless this church. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
kids time today. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. You know, we serve a really, really big God, don't we? And I want us to sing that song about how our God is so big. Are we ready? Can you do this without hitting someone? Okay, you may need to stagger around a little bit, but we're going to do this, and we're going to sing about how our God is so big. Are you ready? My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valleys are his, the trees are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. You know, because our God is so big, we should live like we believe that, shouldn't we? What are some things, good things that we can do so that others will know that we believe in God and that we believe that He's going to take care of us. What can we do? Okay, listen to what our parents say. Scored a lot of points with that one. Were you going to say something? To help other people. Wonderful. To do healthy things. Ooh, that's a really, really good one. Okay, help someone when they fall down. You know, all of those things are great things, and we do those things because we believe that our God is good, and we believe that He is so big that He's going to take care of us and that He's going to help us do those things that are good. So let's sing about that as we go back to our seats. Are you ready? Jesus loves me when I'm good. When I do the things I should, Jesus loves me when I'm bad, though it makes him very sad. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so.
This is my father's world. Do you believe that? Whoa, I better change the sermon topic today. Wow. This is my father's world. Do you believe that? Okay, now we're talking. All right. Very good. Very good. You know, our biblical worldview stems from that very fact that we believe that this is my father's world. And so we're talking this morning in our series about worldview, and I hope that if you picked up a bulletin that you've taken a look at the insert. For those of you that are watching online, uh, we have an insert in our bulletin in person today that's got the schedule of all of these upcoming sermons in this series, Stand Up, Stand Strong, based on the book by Sarah Barrett. We're covering those, these topics in our Bible classes, several of our classes, not all of them, Uh, Several of our classes are covering these as we cover them during the sermon time as well. And so you'll see the topics on there. You'll see the dates on there. And I hope that you'll make note of that. Perhaps if you want a copy of that, we can get you some more. Or you can make a copy of it and hand it out to someone and share that with them so that There may be a few of those that they might especially be interested in, but hopefully they would be interested in coming and joining you here with us or watching with you as we cover these topics uh, that are very crucial to us today. We understand that this is my father's world, but we also understand that not everyone believes that. And there are a lot of those that are in our world today that don't act like it's our father's world or their father's world, but to some degree they act like it's their world. Depending on your worldview, it may be getting more and more difficult for you to be around society. Even something as simple as watching a movie or a TV show in peace is a struggle sometimes these days. Now, it's a struggle for me at times, but in different ways and for different reasons. Um, You remember the movie, The Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille, you know, they found someone that looked just like Moses, Charlton Heston. And and I remember watching that movie, but as as a, a, a preacher and as a person who's familiar with the Bible story, it's very hard for me to watch movies like that. Do you know why? Oh, no, that's not in the Bible. No, they didn't say that. No, that person, I don't remember that story at all. Well, so I have to watch myself and be very, very careful. The new series, The Chosen, is a wonderful series. Joyce and I have watched uh, several of the episodes of the first season. And it's wonderful, but you watch it understanding, yes, the story is embellished a bit. There are characters there that are fleshed out that you don't read in the Scripture. But the message, so far at least that I've seen, is very consistent with the message of the Gospels. It's a very helpful thing. The Passion of the Christ that Mel Mel Gibson did several years ago was a difficult movie to watch. And, And it's one of those things where you look at that and you try to compare it. And if you're not careful, you will lose any value at all in the experience. I think there's another reason why things are difficult for us in society today and in our culture today. Whether you're talking about watching TV or or going on the internet or watching a movie or something, we realize that there's a lot of things about relationships that are inconsistent with Scripture, and it causes us to be very uncomfortable as we watch something that is meant to be entertainment. Of course, morals uh, are, are very difficult for us to watch from a cultural perspective. 
As Grant mentioned, there, it seems like there was a time uh, years ago when the public, at least, the public acknowledged morals of the nation were more in line with what the public uh, morality code of Scripture uh, would be. We realized that that was not the case in every situation. Some people didn't experience that at all, even back then. But as we think about it today from a cultural perspective, that biblical worldview is less and less seen in culture, in general culture today, than it ever has been, and I think that's right. It's difficult these days to watch a movie or a TV show without a commercial coming on involving a same-sex relationship. Commercials, not just a movie that is geared for, towards that agenda, but just a, just a commercial that, that pops up. And you realize that that's something that we're seeing more and more and more, and I don't see that slowing down at all. And so the question is, if we believe this is my father's world, how do I do that? How do I do that in a way that's faithful to Scripture and its teaching, but also faithful to what we've talked about this morning as well? The love that God has for everyone of every lifestyle. How do we do that? I, um, it, it, it slays me to watch uh, some things. And I think Eric in a couple of weeks is going to be preaching the sermon in this series that deals with some of these things. So I won't say too much about it. But you watch movies and, and, and some of them are good and some of them have good messages. And the, the underlying theme is I just want you to be what? Happy. I just want you to be happy. Follow your heart. What does your heart tell you? And here I am in our living room screaming, no, what does the Bible say? That's the question. (laughs) Well, that's not the question in our culture. The question is, what do you want? What makes you happy? What is your heart telling you to do? Our heart is not always a good standard to follow. So what is a worldview? Well, our worldview is the filter through which we view the world around us. Did you get that? (laughs) What is the worldview? Well, it's your view of the world. Okay, well, yes, yes. But flesh that out a little bit. It's it's the filter that you use in, in seeing the world. In the reality that you're in. That's your worldview. It's your perspective. That we're talking about. Important aspects of that filter include our understanding of and belief in God or the lack of belief in God. What we think about the Bible, what we believe about how one determines right and wrong, all of those things make up our worldview. And as we are engaged in society and as we as we live our lives, those are the things that cause us to see that and and see that through that filter that as we look at things and as we consider things as we judge things that are right and wrong it's based on that world view and if you come from the bible perspective from a biblical worldview, then you'll see it a certain way if you come from the perspective that this is not my father's world that there is no god that the bible is just another nice book that some people like then your worldview is going to be centered around yourself. Worldview is your built-in 
bias. That's a direct quote from our book. Worldview is your built-in bias. And you say, well, Bill, I don't have a bias. (laughs) Yeah, you just acknowledged your bias right there. We all have that worldview. We all have a certain bias that we bring uh, to the table. Some kind of of, uh, presupposition, preconceived ideas and notions. We have those. And as we watch a TV show or as we watch the news or as we talk to a friend, those things are going through our mind as we're discussing that, as we're viewing that, as we're reading that. And that's not necessarily right or wrong. It just is. That's part of being a human. You have experiences. We talked of several of these in our class this morning. We have experiences. We have things that we were taught growing up. We have the foundation that, we've, that someone has laid for us in our lives. And all of those things are a part of our built-in bias. They are a part of our world uh, view. Uh, the idea that I can be completely objective at all times um, is simply not the case. It's not true. It's not accurate. We cannot be objective. And so what we need to do is acknowledge those biases. Acknowledge, well, this is where I am. For example, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. I cannot be objective about whether one should drink alcohol at all, ever. I cannot be objective about that. I cannot. That's my bias. And that's partly because of my life growing up and seeing my family destroyed because of Falstaff and Lone Star Beer. Partly because I walk in the grocery store and I see 876 million options of things to drink. And I can't for the life of me understand why anyone, anyone would play with such a fire when they don't have to. And I realize that that's my bias. And then we go from there to Bible. See, I'm not even in Scripture teaching yet. (laughs) Well, that's a bias. That's a preconceived idea. That's a subjective view. But that's what we all have because we're humans. Not all worldviews are created equal. Some worldviews are true, some are false. What is consistent is that each person's view of the world frames how they live their lives. It frames what they think of the events happening around them and how they act in and react to the world in which they live. So you can see how belief in God and belief in the Bible as God's word is going to affect us. If that is your worldview, that's going to be seen in how you live your life. If you believe that people are created in the image of God, all people, that's going to affect how you treat them. And if you don't treat them that way, do you really believe that? That's the important question today. So let's look at some key components of a biblical worldview. This list could be very, very long, but it's not. I'll share some of the most significant ones and then you can add to them as you like. Number one, there is a creator God. Genesis tells us that. Psalm 8 tells us that. Psalm 139, from the womb, God knits us together. That's the biblical viewpoint. Jesus is called creator in the New Testament. 
as Danny was sharing with us around the table, it's that part of God's love. That's his love for us. That's really why he created us, because he loved us. He wanted to be in relationship with us. Some people will ask me at times, Bill, why did, why did God create humanity in this world if he knew that the majority of people would be lost and would turn away from him? And I, I understand that question and I appreciate it. And the best response I have ever come up with is this. God didn't create this world for the ones who would be lost. He loved everyone. And just as Grant said, he wants everyone to be saved. But at the same time, he created it for the ones that he would be in relationship with for eternity. He wants that to be everyone. There is a creator God who loves us. Secondly, the Bible is God's inspired word. We sang the song, all of self and none of thee. Do you remember the next step? Some of self and some of thee. Kind of dabbling here a little bit. Maybe, maybe my worldview hasn't been exactly right. More of self and less of thee. That's the path that we get on and move closer and closer to what God intends for us to be. Lord, at last thy love has conquered none of self and all of thee. We take hold of that message from Jesus that says, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's what the scripture teaches. That's the exact opposite of what our culture teaches. Humanity is created in the image of God. All people, therefore, have value. Not because they agree with us. Not because they like us. Not because they treat us well. All people have value because all people have been created in the image of God. If I believe that, if that is a part of my world view, that should affect how I treat other people. It should affect even how I treat my enemies, how I treat people that disagree with me, how I treat people that might loathe me. Will I loathe them in return? Will I return to them the kind of treatment in kind that they have given to me? Or will I seek to overcome evil with good? Because I see value in them. Because they have been created in the image of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God and Savior of mankind. If we truly believe that, that He is the Son of God and that He is the Savior of mankind, then our lives should express that and illustrate that. Finally, there will be a final judgment. There will be a final judgment. I love the way 2 Peter 3 puts this as it talks about God's patience, not wanting anyone to perish, not wanting anyone to die, but wanting everyone to come to repentance. That's why it's 2,000 years and he hasn't come back yet. Because he loves us so much that he wants those that are lost to repent. He's given them one more hour, one more moment to do that. But Peter is very clear in that passage in 2 Peter 3. In verse 10 he says, But the day of the Lord will come. It will come. One day that patience and love of God will have run out. Not the love, but the patience. And he will say, no more chance, no more time. It's over. If we believe that, do our lives reflect that? Do we live that way? There will be a final judgment. 
The ideas and thinking that indicate and shape our worldview then should be taken seriously. Those ideas that shape our worldview, the thinking that indicates our worldview, should be taken seriously. This is letter B on your outline, and the scriptures that you see there have to do with living according to the flesh or living according to the Spirit. Which way? How do we do that? As Eric began our assembly today, he, uh, he verbalized that, that commitment that we all have to each other to pray for each other. That we realize that there are times in our lives individually, as families, even as a congregation, where it seems like it's a difficult season. I love the way he put that. There are struggles out there. And we see that in many of our families. And, and that thinking affects our worldview. And it causes us to be people of concern, people of compassion, and people of prayer. One of the scripture passages on there is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, that says, Therefore, because of God's great mercies, we should present our bodies, ourselves, as living sacrifices. That's a component of our worldview. That's the idea behind that. But then I love the way the Phillips translation translates that verse 2. It says, Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. But rather be transformed. We pray that for our kids. We pray that for all of us. That's part of the thinking and the ideas that shape that worldview and and show through it. Thirdly, today, we must intentionally cultivate a biblical worldview. One of the things in the book is this statement. For most people, their worldview is caught rather than taught. How do you catch a worldview? How do you do that? What does that that mean? Well, we teach that worldview. We teach it in our Bible classes. We teach it in our worship assemblies and sermons. We teach it uh, to our kids at home. We do all of that. But it also needs to be caught. They need to see that being lived out in front of us. Because I can tell you, if our lives aren't consistent with what our words are saying, which will they remember? Which will they catch? There was a poem out years ago, children learn what they, what, live. Children learn what they live. And so what are they living at home? What are they living when they see you here at church? How do you interact with them and with each other? What are you catching? What's the worldview that you're catching? I appreciate what Grant said about his granny and And watching TV, having control, there wasn't a remote, so she just had control of the channel changer. In our house growing up in San Antonio, there were, I think, four ABC, NBC, CBS, and public television station. That was it. But what's on your TV? What's on your laptop? What are your kids catching? What are you catching that contributes to your worldview. We should not be so naive to think that we can be uh, hearing and seeing all of these things and, and, and that it has no effect on us. How is that possible? What do you believe about God and the Bible? 
If you're intentionally cultivating a biblical worldview, you'll ask yourself that question, and then you'll go on to the next one. How do those beliefs impact your daily life? So you say you believe in God, okay. You say this is my Father's world, okay. You say you believe that the Bible is God's inspired and authoritative uh, word, okay, great. Now, is your life consistent with those beliefs? When you watch the news or when you scroll through the, the social media and you see those things, are you so angry and so afraid that you're so worried about where things are right now and where the world is going that you, can, you almost make yourself sick? Do you really believe in God? <laughs> if that's the effect that those things have on you? Have you lost all confidence and assurance that this, in spite of everything that's going on, this is my Father's world? And whatever the circumstance, whoever's in power, whatever that looks like, I'm going to like some of it, I'm going to not like some of it, but all of it is under the umbrella of God's power. This is my Father's world. Let me ask you this, what would be different in your life if God did not exist? If there was no God, what would be different in your life? Anything? If the Bible was not God's inspired word, what would change? What's different now because it is? If there were no Holy Spirit... If there were no part of the presence of God that's living inside of you and walking with you every day and helping you through these struggles we've talked about, what would be different? Sometimes I feel like I get in such a mode that I'm all about the work that Bill's doing and the preparation and the tasks and the strategies and all of that stuff that I have forgotten the power of God. That He's at work in all of that. And that, yes, I should do my part, absolutely. But I still go back to this coffee mug that I had years ago that I dropped and broke into a bazillion pieces. And then Joyce got me another one because she saw it on eBay. You can get everything on eBay or Etsy or Bitsy or whatever that one is. And, um, and it says, I do my best and leave the rest to God. You see, our worldview, our belief in God and the Bible and All of those things, it doesn't give us permission not to do our best. In fact, it calls us to do that. But ultimately, the big difference is this. I leave the rest to God. You've heard me say many times I've come to believe two things about God. What are they? I believe that God exists, and I believe what? I'm not Him. That's my worldview. I believe that God exists, and I believe that I'm not Him, and He can do His job really, really well, and He's given me tasks to do because of that. To view the world truthfully, then, we must view it through the filter of God's Word. God has given us a filter, and it's His Word. If we truly believe the Lord is God and the Bible is His Word, we will think differently, we will act differently, and we will see things differently. And people will notice. People will notice. 
And that's what causes Jesus to say, if you live this way and do these good things, then maybe they will see your good deeds and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's why Peter can call us to live like we believe those things in such a way that when people see us living with such hope that they'll ask us. And that's when we need to be ready to tell them. And you don't have to say, my preacher says it's because of my worldview. In fact, please don't say that. (laughs) We say it's because of Jesus. It's because I believe that there is a God and I believe that I'm not him. And so I love him and he takes care of me and I seek to live faithful to that. People will be open if that's what you tell them. That conversation will continue. This morning, if we can help you towards a biblical worldview, come as we stand, sing our song together. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages and praises gracious and heavenly father we come to the end of our service and we just want to thank you for the teaching that bill has brought towards us to us we ask that we will take it out into your world that you've created knowing the biblical explanation of why things are and that we may live by example and continue to look to you in our situations open the bible and 
read and understand that you also may give us understanding of it if we don't understand. Lord, we're thankful for the, the leadership in this church, the preaching, the elders, the deacons, and the work that they do. We just ask that you will put your loving and guiding hand upon them and continue the great works. We're just thankful for this great country we live in, the soldiers that protect it. And we ask that you bless each and every one of them and bring them home to the appointed time. We ask we pray for this government in this country that they will turn to you and open the book to answer the questions that be on their heart. We're thankful for the, the many blessings you bestowed on us. Though we know we're not worthy, we're just thankful for them. And your son that died and paid the, the ultimate price for our sins. Father, we lift up those on our prayer and care list that you will be the great physician and bring them back to the fellowship in the appointed time. And once again, fathers, we go out in this world that we know is not our own and that we are only passing through, but that it is your world and you control every aspect. And we're thankful for the opportunity you've given us to live in it. And all this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.